Welcome to another episode from TFA Church. Here at TFA Church, we value people and we trust that this episode will be a blessing to you. But hey, we're continuing our series on believing on the supremacy and sufficiency of Jesus Christ, our boss series, believing on the supremacy and sufficiency of Jesus Christ. And we're going to be landing in Colossians chapter 2 this morning. But back in 2006, 2007 time frame, Stephanie and I, we had about a 2002 Ford Escape that was really racking up the miles and we owed a lot on it. We were starting to, be, starting to get over under on an automobile and we were kind of uh, timid about that, hesitant about that. And so we started looking at automobiles on some of these websites. And so we uh, went on a very popular website and found the Chevy Blazer that we wanted. And it was, uh, it was, the miles were low. The, the, uh, the, the amount owed on it was a little bit lower than what we owed. And so we made a deal with the person selling it. It looked like a, uh, a reputable dealer. However, we did not go to a car lot to, to sign the paperwork. We went to a, a grocery store parking lot to sign the paperwork. And, and uh, you can see the, uh, the lights in the tunnel coming my way, right? And so we had done that several times. Steph and I, up to that point, really had only bought used cars and everything had always worked out. And I thought I knew what a title looked like. And so we're doing the paperwork and, and everything transitioned over. And, and uh, by that point, we had already paid off our, our, our car because we, we had gone so many months and said, let's just go ahead and pay it off. And so uh, we took out our savings, paid it off, and then we got a little bit better situated on our on, on, this, on this next car. And so we uh, got, took the title, went down to the DMV about three weeks later. You know, you get about 30 days or so. And, and uh, the guy at the DMV looks at the title and looks at me and says, Sir, this is not a title. I said, Yeah, it is. It's, look, it says Chevy Blazer, has the VIN number on it, has my name, has, has all that good stuff on it. And he said, No, this is not a valid title said, really? Wow. So guess what we got to do with our Chevy Blazer? We got to park it out in the street for about a year. We could, if you don't have a title for your automobile, you can't get it inspected. And you can't get paperwork on it. And so you can't get insurance on it. And so you, you're, you're just in a bind. And we were in a bind. Pastor Dan, I thought you were more spiritual than that. Than, than, you know, I thought you heard from God to not get ripped off like that. But no, it, it, was, it was a lengthy process. We had to hire a, a small claims lawyer, and, and he went through the process. And it was about a week before uh, we moved out of state from Missouri back to Louisiana to pastor in Leesville, Louisiana. About a week, a week before we were supposed to move where we, it all got cleared and we had the paperwork in hand to where we could actually put a title on that blazer and get insurance for it and actually start driving it. But you don't know how much it just irked me every time I would see that, that blazer out in the street beside the house because we had to buy another automobile so I could drive and work. And then Stephanie had a backup automobile. And so we, we just had to get it out of the way. You don't know how much that just, oh, this, this, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. And what he basically had done was, was taken... Uh, the loan that we had given him and, and paid himself and not paid off the vehicle, so it was tied up with, with the, the, the actual company that owned the vehicle. 
And so all of it got worked out, but, but we were completely, what they say, fleeced. We were ripped off in the process. And this morning, what I want to talk to you about is how to avoid being fleeced. Pastor, you got fleeced. I'm not trusting you. <laughs> well, I've learned some things. All right, but really I want to talk to you about how to avoid being fleeced spiritually. And this is so important this morning, this, this message, how to avoid being fleeced spiritually. Look at verse 4 of, of chapter 2. It's not in your notes, but, but in the New Testament, it's, it, this is really the springboard verse for this message this morning. It says, I, I tell you this so that no one may deceive you. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. Fine sounding arguments. I don't want you to get ripped off. I don't want you to be deceived and, 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 and taken astray and, 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 and taken captive through deceptive and hollow philosophies and, and things in your life that, that don't make any sense at all. I don't want you to be deceived. Look at verse 1, Colossians chapter 2. I want you to know how much I am struggling for you and for those at Laodicea, for those who have not met me personally. My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, verse 3, in whom are hidden all the treasures, this storehouse, this wealth of knowledge, this wealth of wisdom, this wealth of experience in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He says, I want you to know that treasure. He says, you've been given riches. He says, I want you to know that treasure so that you do not become deceived in any way or, or be led astray in any way away from the gospel, away from what you've learned. And so this morning, we're going to talk about ways to to avoid being fleeced, ways to avoid being deceived spiritually. Because that was Paul's concern with the church of Colossae. They were having a group come in saying that there were Jesus, yes, he's the Savior, but there were other things that needed to be added to Christ. That, that he was not just God in the flesh as, as uh, Paul would preach the, the gospel of our salvation. He, they were adding things to the gospel and they were they were saying only some of us know spiritual wisdom. Only some of, some of us can attain into the, the righteousness of Christ. And only some of us know the will of God. And so Paul's saying, I don't want you to be deceived. I don't want you to be led astray. Ways we are deceived. What the world says is it's okay to tell a half-truth. You ever heard that? Ways in which we're deceived. It's okay to not be in church. It's okay to not be connected to a body. It's perfectly fine to believe in Jesus the Savior and that he's a nice guy, but don't believe in his lordship. You know, the Bible talks about the fact that he's our Savior about 40 times in the New Testament, but it mentions over 400 times in the New Testament that he is the Lord. He's the Lord. He's our Lord and Savior. Some of the ways we could be deceived is that we would believe that politics are more important than the gospel. We live in a very politically prone environment. If you just talk to anyone, all I have to say is 
is a political issue, and we just all, we just, listen, Jesus Christ is Lord. Within the church, we could be deceived if we hear that maybe there's a great preacher that comes around that says, the gifts were for yesterday. The gifts were for the apostles. The, the, the baptism in the Holy Spirit with, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues was for another day. We could be deceived if we buy into that and say, you know, that, that's, that's something I believe in. No, listen, we, we have to be open to all that God wants to do in our lives. We could be deceived. We could be deceived into believing it's okay to marry anyone you want to marry. Man marrying man, woman marrying woman. No, listen, what does the Bible say? And with the love of God in our hearts, we, we, we stand with Scripture this morning. Listen, it's, a, it's, a, it's very easy to be deceived and for, for you to be cautious in how we word things and how a, a pastor can even say things in church. They say, you can't say that in church anymore, pastor. Listen, we have to be careful. We're not being deceived. That we stand with Scripture and that we lovingly do our very best to show the world that we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, but that we also love our neighbor as we love ourselves, and that, that we do our very best to, to, uh, to love Jesus and love this world. So how can we avoid being deceived and being fleeced? Well, don't buy a, an automobile in Missouri, okay? That's for start starters. Number one, you need a treasure. You need a treasure, and I'll call this a treasure of riches. Look at verse 3, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. We need Jesus. Verse 44 through 46 of Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven, and this is what Jesus says. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found. He finds this treasure, and he, he's he kind of like looking around, you know, he's looking around, did anyone see that I just found this treasure? And he goes and he digs a hole and he, he hides it. He hides this treasure. And then watch, he says, and for joy over it, he has, has so much joy, he goes and he sells all he has. That's talking about surrender and sacrifice. He sells all he has and he buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and he bought it. He bought it. That's the kingdom of heaven is this treasure. Jesus Christ is, is the treasure of wisdom and knowledge. He, he's the one that we come to for, for wisdom and for treasure. And 2 Corinthians 4, verses 7 through 10, Paul says that the Bible says we have this treasure. We have this treasure in jars of clay. Jars of clay speaking of our bodies, our earthen vessel. He says to show that the all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not in despair. Why are we perplexed, but not in despair? Because this treasure that we have on the inside. We are persecuted, persecuted, but not abandoned. No one's abandoning us because he promised that he would always be with us. This, this treasure. We're struck down, struck down. We've been beaten down. We've been struck down. We've been given the lashes on our bodies, Paul is saying, but we are not destroyed. Verse 10, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed 
in our body. And he says there in that text, in verse 16, he says, Therefore, therefore, we do not lose hope. We do not lose hope outwardly, though outwardly we are wasting away. Inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. We are being renewed day by day because of a treasure. We're being renewed by this treasure that lives on the inside of us. See, there's this this truth that I want you to hear. And the truth is that we have a treasure on the inside of us. It's the truth. And we're going to not be led astray if we understand the truth. The truth that Jesus Christ is Lord. The truth that he gave himself for our sins, to pay our sin debt in full, and that he lives on the inside and his spirit has come inside of us to cause us to be born again. That is the truth. But there's a tragedy. The tragedy is if we are deceived away from that, and and the tragedy is if we have the gospel within us and we never share the gospel. We never share what Christ means to us. There's a truth. Jesus Christ paid it all for you and I. The truth is that he saved us from a life of sin. That's the truth that he has set us free. That's a treasure on the inside of us. But the tragedy is is if we never share that. What would it be like this morning? I mentioned it last Sunday morning at church, but these ladies, they get their diamond ring. It's this big gold ring on the front. And, and uh, you know, this it's a could be a teardrop. It could be a, a, an oval. It could be a marquee. It could be cut clarity uh carrot what does it cost the four c's right cut clarity costs uh, I, I learned them when i was we were getting engaged right it's those those beautiful diamonds what would it be like if she came in the room and she had her hand in the pocket all the time everybody knew on facebook that she had been engaged but she never showed her treasure to anyone these ladies would they crucify her They'd be like, come on, let me see, let me see, up close. Got to see the, the brilliancy of the shine. Is it clear? Is it real? Right? You want to see that because it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful diamond. You know, I was reading this week that these kids were playing down in South Africa, and they were playing marbles, these little round Diamonds, that's where most of the diamonds are, 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 are mined nowadays and, and other places, but a lot of them come from south. They were playing with, with diamonds, and they didn't even know it. And then people came around and said, wait, wait a minute. Those are diamonds. Those are valuable. That, that's a treasure that, that is, is worth a, a lot of money. See, if we could just wake up, church, and realize who it is that lives on the inside of us and who it is that we're serving this morning, that we have this treasure on the inside that, uh, in earthen vessels to show that the power is not of us. It's not our wisdom. It's not my knowledge. It's not my experience. It's the Lord Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And, and if we will just surrender to that wisdom in that treasure she'll go around looking at the the, the diamond ring the that that's the truth that's 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 it well not that but i got mine for walmart all right but the the diamond rings are worth a lot the tragedy is if is if she just keeps it in the box 
The tragedy is if we just keep it in the box. So there's a truth, there's a tragedy, but there has to be a transference when we give Jesus to someone else and we share Jesus with someone else and we, when we tell someone what he means to us. We were singing about what he means to us. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. Thank you, Jesus, you have saved my life. But, but it needs to be a transference. Paul's saying outwardly, I'm wasting away, but inwardly, I'm being renewed day by day. Why? Because he wasn't holding that in. Jesus was on the inside, but he was sharing it with someone. He was transferring it to others, and he was, he was desiring that others know Jesus Christ. Colossians 2, verses 16 through 17. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink. You know how we can be deceived? Legalism. Legalism. The church was going back into their ways of Judaism. And I understand that they were a, a new church, a new, a, a coming out of Judaism and, and a new time frame, a new season for the New Testament church. But they were going back to their old Judaizing ways. And, the, and they were Judaizers that had come in and said, you have to adhere to the law. Paul's coming and saying, no, listen, listen, don't let anyone deceive you. Don't let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or regard to a religious festival or a new moon celebration or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. These are just a shadow. So let's play a game here. I, I, the way I'm facing, the way the lights are, I don't know if you can see it online, but there's a shadow behind me. You guys can see the shadow on the floor? The Bible says these are a shadow. The law was a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality is found in Christ. Where's the reality on this platform? Right here. Who can whip who? Me or the shadow? Right? It, it, the reality is right here. The reality is Jesus Christ. The law, thank God for the law. We wouldn't have known what sin is, but, but what, as soon as we understood what the law was, it awakened the sin within us, so we had no hope. But thank God that Jesus Christ came and died for us and paid our sins in full, and now we can trust Christ. He's our treasure. It's not law. It's not legalism. It's not bondage to, to, our, to, to, to rules and to regulations. What type of regulations, Pastor? Well, you can't go here. You can't go there. You can't do this. You can't do this bondage, condemnation. Do you feel condemned? Maybe it was a, a church experience or maybe it was a, a history in your, in your past of Christians that said, no, you've you got to be bound like this. You, you have to dress a certain way. You have to talk a certain way. You have to be a certain way. No, listen, let's follow the treasure. Let's not be deceived. Let's not, let's not go back into bondage. Have we settled for a consolation prize? It's having the form of godliness but denying the power. This consolation prize, you go on, back in the day, it was tic-tac-toe. Wink Martindale, anybody remember that name? That's an old game show, and, and, and maybe Jeopardy today. All the, the winning or the losing person gets $1,000. That's the consolation prize. Let's, let's not, well, I'd like to have 1000 by the way, but it, 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 don't settle for the consolation prize. Settle, settle for the treasure. I won. I, I, I have that, the riches, the, the treasure. Whatever were gains to me, Paul says, I now consider them lost for the sake of Christ. Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. For whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain the treasure. 
the things of this world, the, the religion, 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 the these, the, the thous, the, the do's, the don'ts. Look, that's garbage. That's, that's rubbish. That's dung, one version says. That, that's nothing. I consider them that I may gain Christ. Verse 10, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ, Paul says. And, and he says in, in verses 12 through 14, not that I've already obtained all this. I'm not perfect, Paul says. I have, I, or have already arrived at the goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me, brothers and sisters. I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, I forget what's behind, and I strain towards what is ahead. All of his religious experience, yes, that helped form the Apostle Paul, but he says, I'm, I'm forgetting that behind. I'm laying that behind, and I'm straining towards what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which Christ Jesus called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Jesus. Just give me Jesus. Just, he's our treasure. He's our treasure. Now, you know, I've been your pastor for about six years here in TFA, and, and uh, we, love, we love South Louisiana, we love the culture, and I have very rarely, very rarely shared a Boudreaux and Thibodeau joke, but I have to share one this morning, all right, a treasure. Boudreaux, he did something, I'm not encouraging you to do, by the way, but he bought one of those lottery tickets. He won the lottery, and he calls up, he found out he won the lottery, and he, he he wins this, you know, $700 million, and, and they say, Mr. Bujo, you are the winner, but we want you to know you don't get it all at once. You're going to get, you know, about $7 million in a couple of months, and then every month you're going to get about $12,000. Mr. Bujo said, I demand, I bought the ticket, I demand, I demand it right now. They said, no, this is how it works. And he said, if that's the way it's going to be, I paid a dollar for that ticket. I want my dollar back. <laughs> Listen, five, all right. I, I got a five for that one. But it, understand what your treasure is. Understand. Wow, eternal life in Jesus Christ. How are we going to keep from being deceived? Don't let anything, anyone add something to Jesus. Don't let anyone add anything to Jesus Christ. Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. It is finished. It is finished. Uh, the, the Mormons that would try to add things, the Jehovah's Witness that would try to add things, the others that would try to add things, even Christians that would try to add things to the, to the gospel. Jesus says, it is finished. It is finished. And if we or an angel, Paul says in Galatians 1, or an angel from heaven were to, were to appear before you and preach a gospel other than the one that you received, let them be a curse. Let them be anathema. In other words, there's nothing else that we need to add to Jesus. He's enough all by himself. He is the treasure. How are you going to keep from being ripped off? Just follow Jesus. Number two, there needs to be, and I, I'm, I'm picking this from Colossians chapter 2 this morning, but number two, there needs to be not only a treasure, but a track, a track, a track, and uh, there was a treasure for riches, but a track for running, a track for running, all right, watch this, Paul says in, in uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, so then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, just as you received him as Lord, continue to live in him. 
rooted and built up in him. That's the track. Continue in him. Continue to be rooted and built up in him. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. That is the track that we run on, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and there are, you know, many reasons for disqualification. If you're, if you're in high school track or in college track and you see these runners that they're, they're on this track, you could get out of your lane. You could, you could get a ride with someone else, right? Someone picks you up off the track and maybe you're, you're running cross, cross country and there's a track. Someone picks you up on a bicycle or an automobile somehow off the road and, and they, they get you out of the lane and out of the, the course that you're in. Someone else tries to deceive you and Someone runs you off the track, running someone else off the track unintentionally, that could cause problems. Or maybe you, you see someone trying to pray and you just stick out your foot and trip them off the track, all right? Oh, that wasn't the right prayer. You need to, you need to pray this way. You, let, you, you tri- trip them off the track. We, the track is, the, is, is all that we know of who Jesus is. Watch this in, in verses 9 and 10 of Colossians chapter 2. Verses 9 and 10, he says, uh, For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. He is the boundary. Jesus Christ is the boundary. He's the track. Circumcision of the heart is part of the track. In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made not with, without, made without hands, but by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Listen, circumcision is circumcision of the heart now. And Paul's saying your heart, you roll that old heart of stone back. That's the track. You, it's not you that lives anymore. It's the, the old life is gone. It's been rolled back. You've been circumcised in heart and you've rolled that old life of sin back. That's the track. You're not going back to your old life. He's saying you've been circumcised. In verse 12, he talks about baptism. He says you were buried with him in baptism. You know you were buried in baptism? Baptism is a symbolic act when you go down in the water and you come back. You're raised to newness of life. It's a symbolic act. And, and, G, and Paul says you were buried with him. That old life is gone. You're no longer the same person. You were dead when you went down into the water. That's the track. That's the track we run on. As Christians, you were buried. And you were raised to newness of life. You were buried with him in baptism. In which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Verse 12. Part of the track as well is death with Christ. Look at verse 20 of Colossians chapter, uh, Colossians chapter 2. Therefore, if you died with Christ through the basic principles of this world, why as though living in the world do you subject yourselves to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which perish with the using according to the commandments and doctrines of men. Paul saying, stay on the track of the gospel. Stay on the, the good news. Stay on the principles of Christ in our life. Watch this. Verse, uh, verse 16 of Galatians chapter 5. Here's the track. So I say, walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. That's the track. Living and walking 
with the Spirit and walking in the Spirit, something tempts us to sin? No, we're walking the, on the track of God's grace and God's goodness, and we're not going to give in to sin. That's, that's the track we're running on, the, the track we're walking on. We're walking by faith. We're living by faith. We're being filled with the Spirit of Christ in the Spirit. That's the track. Hebrews 12.1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us. If there's a race, there's a track. And the track is following Jesus, allowing the Holy Spirit to speak in and through us, and we follow Jesus wherever He leads us and wherever He guides us. You know, when we were kids, my, my dad used to love to pull the four boys, four of us together and, and say, all right, son, guys, we're going to do some, some uh, exercises. And so before we were big enough to lift any weights, he would get us to, you know, do this with our arms and do this and, you know, and, and do some exercises with our arms. And then we'd do squat all in the living room. And we did this periodically. And, but our neighborhood had a round circle that if you went around three times, it would make a mile. And so... Uh, we would we would get out there, and Dad said, "All right, let's go run." And so we would go run. You know, Dad was big into to all that, and, and so we we want to be like Dad, and so we would go run. You know, I'm I'm talking about before we were teenagers, right? All right. And so we we would uh we would start running, but my brother Chris, I love him, but he had asthma and he didn't like to run, and so he would uh instead of instead of going around, he would he would go through. You know, and and uh, he he'd have it like a a bottle to spray on him to you know to make him look like oh, oh I've been sweating I've just been working so hard you know and, and you you've seen the movies where people have done that as well he he'd take the shortcut he 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 he'd come here and he go there and and we just get a big kick out of him and those are some great some great memories for uh from from our childhood and, and and just not staying on the track and and so he didn't get the blessing of dad that day dad's blessing of 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 running in the right way because he would seemingly always find out because my brother Chris had some twin brothers that wouldn't normally tell dad, you know, if, if Chris took the shortcut. He didn't beat us, dad. He just took the shortcut. If we stay on the track and just follow Jesus wherever he leads, we live in the spirit, we'll not be deceived, we'll not be in right field or left field or take shortcuts. We'll say, Lord, you are our track you are our boundary. Whatever you teach us, we will follow. Whatever you lead us, we will go. How do we stay on the track? How do we, how do we not fall, falter on the track? Look at verse 7. It says that, that uh, you were rooted. You were built up in him. You were rooted. You were built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught abounding in it with thanksgiving. That's how we stay filled with the Spirit. That's how we stay following Jesus with wholehearted devotion and not get off way over here or way over there. When someone shares a false gospel with you and I this morning, we'll know because we're on the track. We've been in the Bible. We've been studying God's Word. We know what the truth of God's Word says to each and every one of us and we'll not be deceived. When someone tries to add a rule and say, no, you really can't do it this way, we'll know, well, what does the Word of God say for our lives? What does His truth teach us in the, the track of following Him and running this race, knowing Jesus? Well, 
If we're going to stay on the track, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit each and every day. It says you have to be rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith. Strengthened in the faith. And, and that word means where it's solid. There's a solidness. There's a, a, whole, a wholeness and a completeness when we serve Christ. I remember a friend of ours, we were we, in Tennessee where I grew up, we were on that same neighborhood, there was a pond. It was a pretty good-sized pond, a little bit bigger than this sanctuary, and, and uh, it froze over one, one uh, New Year's uh, Eve or New Year's uh, Day, that time, of time frame in January, early January, and he said, hey, I want to go out there and walk on that. And I said, go right ahead. And he, he got out several feet from the shore, from the, from the edge, and he got out right here, and he just went right under and I, we just sat there and laughed and laughed and because it, it, it was deep, but it, I mean, he was able to stand up to here. It wasn't that, that, that deep, but, but uh, he was okay, but we just laughed and because you don't want to get out to where, it's a, where there's a weak spot. You want to be where you're strengthened. How many feel strengthened this morning being at TFA? Praise God. You feel strengthened being in God's Word. Stay in the Word of God. Stay in truth. Stay in Jesus. Stay in Scripture, and you'll be strong. And then the Holy Spirit will come along and, and fill you and, and, and to overflowing. And it says overflowing with thankfulness. Overflowing with thankfulness. Don't be deceived. If you, if you think you can just say a prayer and that's it, and, and oh, I'll just come to church and just, just sit here on Sundays, or, or I'll just get a little bit of God. Don't be deceived. The devil wants you to think it's okay to be that way, or it's okay to just, just get a little bit of God. But, but the Scripture says... Paul wants the Colossians to overflow with thanksgiving, overflow and be rooted and be strengthened and be grounded that you're not going anywhere, that you're filled with God's goodness, you're filled with His truth. You're not going to fall into that shallow sheet of ice when it comes your way, but you'll be rooted and grounded. No one's going to discourage you. No one's going to catch you off guard. Because Paul says he's writing this, in, again, in verse, uh, verses 2 and 3, I'm here to encourage you that you would have unity in the faith. Encourage you with unity in the faith. Well, thirdly, to keep from being deceived, so we, have a, we have a truth, treasure. We have a treasure. We have, uh, what's the second T? A track. All right. And thirdly, there is a triumph. A triumph. There's a win. There's a win. Look at it in, in, in chapter 2, verses 13 and four, in 14 and 15. It says, he forgave us all our sins. That's a win. That's a triumph. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled, verse 14, having canceled the written code. Paul's talking about the law now. He's not saying he abolished the law. He's saying he canceled the effects of the law upon us. He's canceled the written code, all the regulations, which stood against us and condemned us and has taken it away. He's literally taken it away. Does it mean it's not there anymore? No. Again, the effects of the law, because he was the perfect Lamb of God. He, he never sinned. He, he fulfilled the law. And because he fulfilled the law, now we trust in him and what he's done for us. Watch, it goes on. And having disarmed the powers and authorities... Having disarmed the powers and authorities. This is war language now. This is when the Romans would go in and, 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 and conquer a village or a, a country. 
they would conquer them and they would disarm. They would take away their weapons. They would come in, take away their guns, take away their their bombs or their bow and arrows or whatever the, the warfare looked at that time, their swords. They would come in and they would strip them. Watch this. He disarmed the powers and authorities and he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. He's lining them up now. He's lining the, the enemies up now. And it's, you know, you've seen the, the parade of, you know, maybe they're all tied by a rope. And, and the, the, those that have been conquered, they're being led through the, through the main street of town. And in, in, in this language, Paul is saying, this is what he did with the devil and his army. That, that because Christ was victorious on the cross, that he, he, he disarmed the, the principalities and the powers. And he lined them up and, he, and he, he heckled them as they're going through the town, the demons and the devil. And as they're going through the town, he made a public spectacle of them. That's how much power the Lord Jesus Christ has and exhibited on the cross death and burial and resurrection of Christ. That's, that's, that's the power. And so he's making a public spectacle of them. And I remember back in 1991 when uh, the troops were in Desert Storm, we, we, uh, my twin brother and I, we flew up to New York and we were with my, my Uncle Charlie. And we, we said, hey, Char- Uncle Charlie, what do you want to do now that we're here? And so he said, let's go over to the ticker tape parade in New York City. And we were there and, and where we were standing, there were just under two million people and the troops were coming down on I don't know what street it was Macy's Avenue Madison Avenue one of those big streets and and they're coming down and we got to see Colin Powell and Schwarzkopf and all in that big parade and it, it was just amazing and all these confetti flying everywhere and and Uncle Charlie was able to see it all we we were shorter than him so we weren't able to see as much but we were there that's us winning the battle but Jesus, what he did is he lined up the enemies and he, he said, I have conquered you. You no longer have the power. You no longer have the prestige. You no longer have the, the influence over my people. I am the one who is in control. I am now the Alpha and the Omega. I've always been, but I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the one that has the power. And that is the triumph that we trust in this morning, that Jesus Christ paid it all. He paid it all on the cross, and there's a a triumph, and we trust in that. It's not by religion. It's not by law. It's not by saying this many prayers or that many prayers or this this many uh, rituals and, and, and regulations that we would follow as Christians. No, it's just saying, Jesus, I need you. You paid it all on the cross for me, and I trust you with my life, and there is victory now in store for the righteous. There is peace and hope forevermore because you have paid it all for me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 23 says, such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom. Religion. Religion has an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship. But they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Thank God for the Holy Spirit that has the power to restrain sensual indulgence. Paul says in Romans 7, verses 24 and 25, What a wretched man I am. 
what a wretched man I am. And he's talking about the before Christ, the, the man of the law, and, and some debate whether he's talking about now that he's born again, and, and if that's that possibility, it may be that he's talking about that as well. But he says, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? He says, thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's a triumph. Romans 8, 1 and 2, therefore, because he rescues us, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. There is a triumph. I have good news, church. We win. We've already won, and we just trust in our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. See, the Holy Spirit does not give condemnation. Holy Spirit does not give death. The Holy Spirit does not give bondage. Holy Spirit does not give legalism. He does not give rules, regulations, self-imposed worship. I want you to understand this morning that we're not waiting on something, something else to be accomplished in order to be complete in Christ. We are complete in Christ. Colossians says we've been given fullness in Christ. First Peter chapter, or Second Peter chapter one, verse three says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. That is triumph. That is triumph. His power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. He's given us everything we need. Thank God for the power of the Holy Spirit that comes and, and says, yes, I'm going to give you even extra power. See, the Holy Spirit lives in us at salvation, but He comes and He baptizes us to overflowing with the baptism in the Spirit to, to give us even more power, more boldness to be witnesses for Christ. I'll close with this story this morning. and We were uh, in a new believers class at a, in Leesville at a church we were pastoring at the time, and a new couple in the church, a manager down at Lowe's. His name was Gino, and Gino was a big Italian man that, that had just met Jesus, and he was uh, in his mid-40s, and, and uh, he and his wife were new in the church, Gino and Liz, and they're just a precious couple, and, and uh, we, we were able to pray with them, and, and they were baptized, and, and uh, let me just encourage you, if you've not been baptized in water, hey, every second Sunday of the month, we we uh, expect and believe and trust that the Lord is going to lead you to, to follow the Lord in water baptism if you've never been baptized. Hey, I want to encourage you with that. But we were talking about baptism in class. And we, uh, in the Assemblies of God, we have, we have uh, 16 fundamental truths of the Assemblies of God. There's 16 doctrines and beliefs and that, we, uh, that we gather around. And, and, and let me actually just kind of pause for a moment to say, you know, it may be that some some believer's bondage may be doctrine. There may be some doctrine that we were exposed to and that we believe and some doctrine from the Word of God. Listen, we have to, we have to get right on that and ask the Lord to help us with grace and truth. Grace and truth. But we were in this new believer's class and Gino, we were talking about the 16 fundamental truths and, and the things that we believe as Christians and he was so inquisitive and asking questions, and, and he, he was just so eager 
Uh, and I love new believers because if you didn't grow up in church and you didn't grow up hearing that Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and First and Second Samuel, and I know I got them out of order, but you know all the books of the Bible, then then it's all brand new to you. Gino hears about the sixteen fundamental truths, and we're going over that, and and you know, he's a he's this big guy. He goes, Pastor, he's from he grew up in Brooklyn, Pastor. You saying there's sixteen truths? Well, yeah, I mean it. it God didn't inspire. I mean it. We, we see them from Scripture is what I'm saying, and 16 different beliefs. Jesus Christ is the Son of God, right? The Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We see that in Scripture. So 16, he said, you're saying there's 16 truths. He said, nobody ever told me that. He said, remember this, Dad? I feel like, Pastor, I feel like I got ripped off. <laughs> yes! said, Pastor, nobody ever told me that. I feel like I got ripped off. You know, isn't there some truth to be said to that, that if we're not sharing this treasure, this track of God's grace and following Jesus and this triumph, isn't isn't there some truth that we could be fleecing this world? We could be fleecing society and this country that we live in if we never share the gospel of Jesus Christ? Paul's saying, I don't want you to be deceived. I don't want you to be deceived, church. We've been given fullness in Christ. All the fullness of the Godhead lives in Jesus Christ, and I don't want you to be deceived. You have that if you're in Christ. If you've trusted Jesus Christ in your life, you have a treasure on the inside. You have a treasure, but the tragedy is that we just hold it on the inside and not share it. And, and, and no, never transfer that to someone else. And if you can hear my, my mission's heart this morning, the evangelist's heart inside of me that says, let's do our very best for Mother's Day to be inviting others here to hear the gospel. Let's do all that we can do to, to share all that God's doing. Yes, certainly at TFA Church and, and, and with, with this church and with Chi Alpha and with, with different ministries, all so that they can hear the gospel. The gospel. That's, that's where the power is. The gospel. Not so that they can just come meet us, but they can be experiencing His presence. The gospel. The gospel. Have we settled for a consolation prize? Have you settled for a consolation prize? I want to challenge you this morning, encourage you this morning to do everything you can do to jump in and lean in to Jesus. And then say, Jesus, fill me with your spirit to overflowing so that I can be filled with your grace and truth. I can be filled to overflowing with thankfulness that I can be united in love with my church, that I can be encouraged in heart as Paul would, would, would pray that over me, that I can experience you, Jesus, and walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh and know that there is the law of life the law of the Spirit that set me free from all that stuff. How to avoid being fleeced. Run after Jesus and never quit. Run after His presence and never stop. Share Him with others. Learn what the Word of God says for you. And in the end, we win.